0: the eight o'clock crowd, the responsible, mature ones. Wake up early, get your coffee, you are ready. Hey, my name is Marcellus Casey, and it's an honor and a privilege to be with you all uh, this morning. I really appreciate what God is doing here at Journey Church International. Um, I really appreciate uh, the leadership of of Christian and Danielle and all that they've been doing, not only in Lee Summit, but also in our city. Um, I'm the COO at the Hope Center. Um, We're a ministry on the east side of Kansas City. We're right at Linwood and Benton, um, 31st and Prospect. If you don't know where that is, just turn on the news at night, and I'm sure they'll have something to say about us. Um, We're right there on the east side. And, man, we have the honor and privilege to just serve a bunch of beautiful um, families, Um, folks that uh, work hard and um, are are fighting for their families and fighting for their lives. And um, it's a beautiful opportunity. Um, In the times that we live in, uh, many folks that live outside of the city wonder how they can serve in the city and wonder like, how, how can I make a difference with different racial divides, with different things going on in our country, different things that we're seeing in the news, different things that we're seeing in politics. And man, I, I, I just, I, I love how Journey Church International serves. So we had our biggest fundraiser for the Hope Center in March and we we had to move it um, to, to be virtual this year, obviously because of the pandemic. And Journey Church International, you all hosted us and allowed us to use your video crew, you allowed us to use your staff. We were on this stage, we used all your monitors. and um, it was just an amazing blessing. It saved us thousands of dollars. Um, so your giving, your generosity, the way that you serve at this church, the way that you give at this church, is making an impact. Um, not only in Lee Summit, but also throughout the city and throughout the world. So, um, a big thanks to Jamie Fernandez and his crew and, and his team. And they were here that night working tirelessly on a Saturday. Saturdays, um, are precious. Um, to those who are pastors I'm a pastor as well so anytime that um, you get time with your family is special but for them to to give their time and give their effort to be a blessing and with their specific skills like I was saying there's many times where folks wonder like what can I do how can I serve how can I be a part of change and many times God can use how he has gifted you specifically he can use your experience. He can use um, the things that He has done in your life to be a huge blessing in specific ways um, to folks that are in need. I'm going to pray and, and we'll get uh, started into our message. Um, Jesus, we love you and we thank you for loving us. God, I thank you that today we get to talk about uh, inner strength. And God, I thank you that you've ordained it uh, to be a day where I don't feel like I have a lot of inner strength, Uh, but your power is made perfect in our weakness. So God, I pray that you would uh, speak to me and speak through me and that you would be a blessing to your people through your word in your name. We pray Jesus. Amen. Ah. Man, so about two weeks ago, I lost my next-door neighbor, 12 years old. He was shot in the chest three times, died on his way to the hospital. Uh, His name is BJ. And he was a powerful, beautiful young man, Uh, great smile, great energy, great heart. Um, My family and I, we moved from Brookside, uh, which is one of the best parts of Kansas City, in my opinion. We lived right on 68th and Warnell. We could get on the trolley trail and walk to Whole Foods. We'd walk our kids to school. We owned our home there for eight years, and and about a year and a half ago, we sold our home and moved to the east side. It was really hard, I have four kids. Um, Our house in Brookside was our dream house. Um, to leave that house was really heartbreaking to leave that neighborhood was heartbreaking and to move to a part of the city that's harder to live in was hard for my kids to understand. And, um, one day my kids, uh, I I was, I was doing a little, we just moved into the house. My kids are like, we want to go back. We don't like this house. We don't like this neighborhood. And um, so I was having a little garage sale and I decided, man, I'm going to I'm just going to hustle some stuff out to the street. I hate junk. I love giving junk away. It is like a uh, narcotic to me to get rid of stuff like I love. It's like one of my addictions. I love it. And so I'm, I'm throwing stuff on the curb. You, if you want to buy it for a dollar, if you want to take it for free, I don't care. My kids. You know, they want to do a lemonade stand. They're like, Dad, we want to sell lemonade. And I'm like, hey, kids, this ain't Brookside, okay? I don't know if people are just going to buy up this lemonade. So we go outside. We set up the lemonade. Um, we're there all day. It's hot. Nobody's buying this lemonade. The ice melts in the lemonade. Now it's too watery. We put more mix in it. Now it's too strong. Now it's not cold enough. we got to put more ice in it. Nobody's buying it. Nobody. People, cars drive by, people walk by, nobody buys this lemonade, and my little neighbor BJ, 12 years old, gets his little money together and he comes and buys the only cup of lemonade from my babies. Just a sweet young man, great athlete, great heart. It's been an amazing ministry for my wife and I to go next door and to be able to minister the gospel. Yesterday I preached the funeral. Um, Friday, the family asked us to go with them when they, uh, viewed his body for the first time, um, since he passed and to see a mother with all of her insides ripped out and to fall apart and to have nothing on the inside To hold her together is something that I never, ever want to see again in my life. The way I heard her yell and moan and cry is something that I pray I will never, ever have to experience again, although it's likely that I will. We live in a fallen and a broken and in a finite world. We live in a world um, where death and life happen very quickly. We live in a world that is very, very broken. We live in a world that moves very, very fast. And Jesus knew this. He knew that our outside circumstances would require an internal strength that many of us just don't have. He knew that our outside circumstances could wound us and hurt us And that there would be things on the inside of us that we would need to strengthen us as we go through our outside circumstances. One of the things that God gives us for inner strength is prayer. A connection to God, a place where heaven meets earth in a very real and a very powerful way. Um, I've told you guys this before, but if you're new, I'm the pastor for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. And one of the things that I tell our guys a lot before games is that, man, if God doesn't speak to us, if he's not alive, if he's not speaking to us from his word, then what we're doing right here is empty. If God is not alive, if he hasn't resurrected from the dead, if he doesn't have something to say to us today, Sunday, May 2nd, 2021, then what we're doing here is empty. But we serve a God that is alive and that does speak to us and that does have something to say to us. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, verses five through 14. He says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases. The Gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, Jesus says. He says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse nine. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus ends it with this in verse 14. He says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Um, I was raised by two praying parents. Uh, both of my parents prayed and they prayed a lot. Um, I had the kind of dad that loved to prepare our home, okay? So my dad was a great leader. He woke up early in the morning, um, I could always smell his cologne. I always knew it was time to get up because like, I could smell his cologne kind of creeping up from the downstairs bathroom up to my room. And I knew that dad was up. In the wintertime, there were certain lamps that my dad would turn on and our house would just kind of feel warm. And every single morning, my dad has this uh, wooden altar um, in, in our TV room that he would kneel down and he would pray every single morning. Every time that my dad prayed, he would write a note, and when he would get to the to the part where he prayed about our family, and he still does this, he writes down every single name of every person in our family. My dad writes my name down every single day when he prays. Um, I've seen my dad and my mom go through really hard things. I grew up in inner city Chicago, much like my neighborhood on the east side of Kansas City, um, we had a bullet come through the front front window of our house one time. I've seen my dad break up gang fights. Um, I've seen my mom educate young people in the inner city. Um, and, and I've seen my parents go through really, really hard things. And I used to always wonder as a kid, man, how are my parents so strong? Like, how do my parents make it through so many things like they make it through? And it's because they prayed. There wasn't a morning that I didn't see my dad's Bible open. There wasn't a morning that I didn't see my dad praying. There wasn't a morning that I didn't walk into my mom's room and see her sitting up in her bed with the blanket over her lap and her word open. That's what my parents did. They prayed and they taught me how to pray. What this taught me was that prayer was real. Because I was like my kids. I watched my dad preach all the time. My dad was a chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys. He was a chaplain for the Chiefs for a while. He was a chaplain in the 88 Olympics. I watched my dad preach at churches, be a pastor. But one thing that I always saw in my dad was that who he was when he was preaching to crowds was the same person that he was at home. He modeled for me what inner strength really was. My mother is a teacher, and she taught for almost 20 years at Summit Christian Academy. Um, My mother modeled at home what it meant to have true inner strength to where her public life and her private life lined up, and that's what Jesus is talking about. There's two prayers that we see in in Matthew chapter 6 that are for outward appearance, and Jesus tells us, don't pray like this the first prayer is a masked prayer. It's a mask. It's a facade. It's a costume. Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites. He says, don't use prayer like a mask. Don't use your religious activities like a costume. Don't just come to church don't just come to the prayer times to check a box off or so that your neighbors know that you're a part of a certain uh, religious affiliation. Don't come to church just for the social activity. Come with realness and with sincerity. Don't use prayer as a mask. The other prayer that we see for outward appearance is a transactional prayer. He says, He says that the Gentiles pray and they heap up empty phrases, thinking that by using all these different words that God is just going to give them what they want. And prayer is not a transactional thing. It's not a it's not a thing where you can just man, just say a bunch of words or or even as we get down here to the Lord's prayer. Well, I just said our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I said it. And now God will bless me and give me what I need. It's not a transactional thing. If you're really going to gain inner strength for your toughest moments, if you're really going to gain inner strength to support other people in their toughest moments, prayer cannot be transactional. So there's three things that I I believe um, from our text um, characterizes prayers for inner strength. There's three things that characterize prayer for inner strength. Man, the first one is intimacy, where where God, our Father, desires to be close to us. He desires a relationship with us. He desires from prayer to be from a real place in our hearts. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this about Jesus. It says that very early in the morning, Jesus got up. And he went to a solitary place and he prayed. It says very early in the morning, Jesus got up. He went to a solitary place and he prayed. Jesus had a private place where he went to meet with God the Father and he prayed. He wasn't with the disciples. He was by himself. The text says that he was in a solitary place and that was his place to go be with the father. I'll never forget um, some, of, some of my most powerful times of prayer. Um, when I was in college, my senior year, um, I was just about to get engaged and I was really excited about that, but I was also very, very afraid. I didn't know if I had what it took to be a man i didn 't know what, if I had what it took to be married i didn 't know if I had what it took to be a father and to to go into ministry and I was afraid and so I invited God into my fear and every morning on the front porch, I went to Northwest Missouri State University, um, my senior year, me and a buddy, we rented this house together, and uh, it had this old front porch. Um, and so I would go out on this front porch and at 4 a.m. every morning I would go out and I would pray. And I wasn't out there because I was the most disciplined Christian, because I had it all together, because I was just so self-righteous and disciplined. I was out there because I was scared. <laughs> I was out there because I needed God. I was out there because, man, I didn't have what it took on the inside and I needed a place to get it. And God is the only place where we can actually go and get that inner strength. My place now is my master bedroom or my master bathroom. Excuse me. Um, and for those of you who have children and you have a master bathroom, you understand how special of a place that is. OK, that is like the holy of holies to have two doors between you and your children. Boom, I close my room door. Boom, I close my bathroom door. That's like I have I have some peace for a few minutes. And so my, my master bathroom, it's not a big bathroom, but um, I go in there, I have two pillows, I set them on the floor, I sit down on my pillows, I get a little blanket in the wintertime, I got a little space heater in there, and I get my word, and that's my time to pray to God. A lot of times in my intimate prayer with God, I turn the lights off. And I'm just in there in the dark. Sometimes in my most intimate times with God, I'm not saying anything to God. I'm just letting him look at my heart. I'm letting him see everything that's inside of me, every pain, every weakness, every fear, every joy, every excitement. God, look at me. God, see me. It's like it's like taking off your clothes spiritually in front of God and saying, God, see me and take me and have me. I'm yours. Our prayer should be intimate. Another thing that characterizes prayers for inner strength are rewards and fruitfulness rewards and fruitfulness. Man, when I think about rewards and fruitfulness, a lot of times we think about these things as I got the results of what I prayed for. I prayed for this thing and God gave it to me. But the first thing that I want you to see from rewards um, is from second Corinthians chapter 12, I believe verse nine and 10. And it says this, it says that Paul prayed to God about his outward circumstances three times. He had a thorn in his flesh and he prayed over and over and over. And as he prayed, he got rewards and he got fruit from his prayers, but he didn't get his prayer answered the way that he thought he would. I'll say that again. He prayed three times for his outward circumstances. The, the, the text says that he had a thorn in his flesh. He prayed three times that God would take it away he got rewards and he got fruitfulness from his prayers, but it wasn't the answer that he was looking for. After he prayed three times, this is what Jesus said back to him He says, My grace is sufficient for you. And then he says, My power is made perfect in your weakness. That's how we pray. That's how we gain rewards. That's how we gain fruitfulness, because our rewards and our fruitfulness are in our character. God is shaping an inner strength inside of us that allows us to sustain and go through our outward circumstances. It's not always just that we get results. Listen to this from James chapter five, verses um, 16 through 18 where it speaks about prayer, it says, excuse me, it says, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. And then it says this, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then it says this in verse 17, I love this, says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. This is important because Elijah wasn't somebody that's different than us. He didn't, he wasn't made up of a different kind of material. He wasn't an angel. He didn't have some special relationship with God that we don't have access to. He has access to the same God that we do. And he prayed and God moved. He aligned his heart with what God desired and God moved. And that is what God's desire is for us in prayer um, as we pray for inner strength. Now, I love that uh, Jesus is so practical with us um, because he actually gives us a blueprint and he tells us how to pray. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit empowers us to know how to pray. He, he, he gives us even groans and moans that only he understands. God understands our breath, our thoughts, our actions. He understands our prayers. He knows what we pray before we even pray it. Um, when we went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, I actually prayed through, or I actually preached through the whole season what I'm, what I'm about to preach to you. I'll do it much shorter than I did, um, with the Chiefs. But we went through the Lord's Prayer, um, all throughout the regular season, um, before we played in the Super Bowl. And then once we got into the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl in 2020, um, we just prayed. So we talked about the Lord's prayer. I preached about the Lord's prayer. And then throughout the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, we just prayed together. The first thing that Jesus says as we pray is our father. Man, that's powerful. Like we get to address God as daddy. And, and, and it's crazy that God chose to relate to us in that way. He didn't say, like, come to come to God with this huge title. He says, come to him and say, Daddy, I need you. Man, when my kids come to me, there's 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 very specific things that my kids come to me for. My kids come to me often for justice. (laughs) Okay, somebody did something to me and they need to pay for it. They won't do what I'm asking them to do. Daddy, I need you for justice. Come upstairs and tell this person to get out of my room, okay? (laughs) They come to me for justice. And many of our prayers are exactly the same way. God, this person hurt me. God wants those kind of prayers from you. You don't have the inner strength to take care of a situation, so you go to God with it. God, they wounded me. They hurt me. I want justice. God, I want to see this situation made right. God, this person is hurting and they are sick. And God, I want to see them made well. I don't have the inner strength to handle it, but I'm coming to you in prayer, trusting God that you can. Daddy, I'm coming to you because you're the only one that has the power in this house to do something. Our kids come to me to have their needs met when they're hungry, when they're sick, when they need something. And as a father, there is nothing inside of me that when my kids come to me and they have a need that I don't want to meet that need. He says, pray our father who art in heaven and then hallowed be your name. We pray that God's name is kept holy, that it's separate, that our lives make that known. And then we pray, God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see God's kingdom as, as an agenda that is before anything else in our life. We want to see the kingdom first and then we want to see heaven meet earth. God, we want to see your desires in heaven meeting earth. Because what we're experiencing on earth right now is not what heaven desires. God, I want the moments in my life where I can see people's lives change. God. I want the moments in my life where I can see the power of God in my neighbors. When we think about inner strength, we think about a foundation being laid so that an outward building can take place. Man, every single time I drive past this, I see you all's building getting bigger and bigger and better and better. And I pray that the foundation being laid is through prayer. And that's what y'all are doing tonight at six o'clock, Monday mornings at 6 a.m. Y'all are praying that's the foundation that's more important than the building. Because as you're praying, as you're praying for this city, as you're praying for your next door neighbors, man, buildings will always attract people, okay? Because, like, Christians will hear, well, that's a better church for me to go to. They will leave their church and, like, that's a newer thing. Christian Newsom, he's a great preacher. I like their worship. And boom, they will fill that building up so fast. But I pray that as you all are fervently praying, that heaven would meet earth, that your kingdom would come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because of your prayers. That that building would be filled not with just other church folks, but with your neighbors that never desire to step in a church. With your coworkers who never thought they would come to a church. With people that you are praying to God that he would meet them and speak to them and draw them in. We want heaven to meet earth. We pray to God for our daily needs. Psalm 23 says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There is not one thing that you need that God does not desire um, to, to help you to have. We pray God, to God daily for forgiveness. God, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. God, I need forgiveness and I want to give forgiveness. Jesus, today, as I'm asking for inner strength, please give me forgiveness. We pray for daily victory over temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, but God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may may be able to endure it. Man, it says, God, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Every single day, we're asking God to deliver us from temptation and to deliver us from evil. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no. Deeper down in Psalm 23 says this, and I love this verse. It says that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Picture that. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Deeper down into Psalm 23, God prepares a table before us in front of our enemies. We're eating and feasting in the face of our defeated enemies. Our enemy has no power on us. He has no power over us. In every single day as God provides our daily bread, as God delivers us from temptation, as God delivers us from evil, as God forgives us of our sins and gives us the power to forgive others, We get to feast on the grace of God in the face of our enemies. Lastly, man, God allows us to forgive others and to be forgiven. In the last verse of of, uh, my text today in Matthew chapter 6 verse 14, it says, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If we're going to pray for inner strength, and if we're going to pray in such a way to have inner strength, it's only based off of the grace of God given through Jesus Christ. That our whole life, the whole core of who we are is based off of the grace of God. Where if you wake up late in the morning, you can forgive yourself. If you don't get it exactly right, man, you didn't lose God's love. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus died on the cross knowing your past. Jesus died on the cross knowing your future. There is grace that abounds for you today because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for your life. And if you're drinking deeply from that cup, I pray that the inner strength inside of you would overflow in such a way that you're able to forgive others and receive forgiveness. That is the core of your identity. That is the core of your strength. And that is the core of inner strength for the glory of God and for the good of this city. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you that you don't just talk to us about prayer. But you give us a way to pray and then you give us the power to pray. God, you are such a good father to us that you don't just leave us alone to figure it out by ourselves. You don't just leave us alone to um, just do it on our own, but you give us grace. You give us the ability to pray. You give us your presence And so I pray that that's what we experience, like even as we even as we close um, with this last song. And even as the campus pastors pray at the other locations that are watching the video. God, I pray that we would experience your presence and that it would change the inside of who we are. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.